how was everybody's Thanksgiving? I saw a little bit of stories happening there when uh, Soul Lux was asking. I'm glad that you guys had some adventurous times. For those, that was a little difficult. Sorry to hear that. But I do pray that the season has been helpful and that it has guided you and helped you grow um, and kind of just realign yourself. You know, I'm constantly talking about that is like this idea of gaining different perspective because it's hard to do. As humans, it's hard to do. Um, but today, as we kind of jump into the Bible, we're kind of talking about that. Like, it's always really about that is gaining God's perspective in situations and aligning ourselves better to him because we were created in God's image, right? But at the same time, we deal with this thing called sin. And if you thought of it like a, a maybe like this map, what we were created like this image, but then what sin had done is it's marred this it's like it's like if I took uh, oil or charcoal and I just started smearing it on the map, and it makes things hard to be able to navigate. It makes it hard to be able to see, right? If this is a map, and I'm trying to navigate. It's much much more difficult to figure out if I'm trying to head to you know Ogremar if I can't find it on the map because it's been smeared or it's been you know it's become hazy. And that's kind of, you know, a good glimpse of what we're talking about today is gaining God's perspective in, in really every situation. But the title of today's message is A Willing, A Willing Healer. And we're continuing on in our series in Luke. Uh, and so we are in Luke 5, 12 through 16 today. And I'm excited to talk about this scripture verse because once again, it's, you know, the great thing about reading through the Gospels is just seeing the power of Jesus work and work and work. And so um, that's what the Lord is just continuing to do, even in our own lives. If you take time and you gain that perspective we were talking about, you start to realize that God has been working in your life over and over and over again. And often the times when we don't feel like he is, is the times when we're just not paying close enough attention or we're distanced ourselves in relationship from him. And so Let's dive right into it. We're going to dive into Luke 5, 12 through 16. I'm always in the CSB. Uh, also used to be known as the Holman version, but CSB, it's the best. It's the best. Just trust me. It's the best. All right. While he was in one of the towns, a man was there who had leprosy all over him. He saw Jesus, fell face down, and begged him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Reaching out his hand, Jesus touched him, saying, I am willing, be made clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. Then he ordered him to tell no one, but go and show yourself to the priest and offer what Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. But the news about him spread even more. And large crowds would come together to hear him and to be held or be healed of their sicknesses. Yet he often withdrew to deserted places and prayed. There's a lot to break down in this story. And I've told you we're going verse by verse. We're going to be breaking it down. But we do, before we do, how many of you guys are familiar with, um, you know, healers in video games, period? Just healers, not even just healers in video games, healers in, you know, 
uh, tabletop games like D&D. You know, you have healers in World of Warcraft, whether they be priests, paladins, or some form of monks. I, I don't know them all. I'm out of touch with the game. But there's healers in games like Overwatch, whether it be, you know, Mercy or that, you know, the, the, the chick with the, um, the sniper, you know, it, whoever it is, there's healers in all sorts of these games. And healers often get the short end of the stick. Shout out my guy, my guy AJ Valdez. You know, anytime someone wipes, you know, it's really not the DPS's fault. No one ever blames the DPS. You know, anytime someone goes down in Overwatch, it's not the guy, the soldier going, you know, out of the healer's range or you know, blocking site. It's it's always the healers. The healers take the blame in every single instance they just do they, they they take the blame and uh you know it's not the tanks you know fault for not popping his cooldowns it's it's the healer and so you'll hear things like this in gaming off and it'll be like you know where are the heels where are the heels why was no one healing me like what what and you know <laughs> i i actually watched an interaction between uh summit summit 1g uh who is a popular streamer on twitch as well as uh, one of his good friends who kind of, he became a streamer because of Summit. His name is Hutch. And <laughs> Hutch is playing tank in Overwatch. And he just like goes full Reinhardt. All right. Full Reinhardt. He just, he just pushes super far in and Summit couldn't heal him because he was staying with the rest of the team and he gets out of reach. And Hutch's immediate, <laughs> immediate reaction to Summit is yo where were my heels like what what was that why weren't you with me and someone's like what, what what'd you say because <laughs> someone was playing the healer like i hope you're not talking to me that way you just made you know a ridiculous ridiculous move what happened you shouldn't have went out that far and there's this back and forth and it just kind of shows that the conversation surrounding the idea of healers and you know, the blame that they often get. And I'm going to come back to this story and kind of set it in, in the setting of what we're talking about when we're talking about willingness. Um, but before we do, let's jump into this the, in verse 12 and let's break that down a little, a little bit. In verse 12, it says, while he was one in one of the towns, a man was there who had leprosy all over him. He saw Jesus, fell face down and begged him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. A man full of leprosy saw Jesus. In the ancient world, leprosy was a terrible, destructive disease. And it, it still exists in some parts of the world today. But being full of leprosy, it, it was kind of pointing out the fact that this guy with leprosy had no hope of improvement. There was nothing he could do. He tried and exhausted all of his options and none of them had come to fruition. So he came to Jesus with a great sense of need and desperation. He was at his last straw. He had exhausted all of his other options. In Palestine, Barclay tells us in Palestine, there were two kinds of leprosy. There was one form of leprosy, which was a very bad skin disease, but it was the less seriousness of the, the less serious of the two. The second one was one that was literally a flesh eating disease. And sorry, we're gonna get a little graphic, but um, you know, you might want to tune out for the next 10 seconds. 
but what happens is that that disease would consume parts of your body until they literally fell off. And it was that serious. And I'm painting the picture here for you to understand that this wasn't just some like, oh man, he had the flu and he's hoping Jesus, you know what I mean? He had a fever. Like this guy was on his last straw before this would eventually consume him to death. It was literally a living death. And according to Jewish law and customs, one had to remain six feet away for my EU brothers and sisters and everybody outside of the US, two meters from a leper. But if the wind blew toward a person from a leper, they had to keep 150 feet away or 45 meters. The only thing more defiling than contact with a leper was contact with a dead body in Jewish tradition, in Jewish law. For these reasons, leprosy was literally considered a picture of sin and its effects. It is a contagious, debilitating disease that corrupts its victims and makes them essentially dead while alive. And that's why it shows such a, 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 a clear picture of sin was because what sin is and what you don't always realize is the spiritual damage that it is taking on you. It is though you are living but dying at the same time. And because of the effects and the, the stigma around leprosy, society and specifically religious people scorned lepers terribly. They were seen as like, the worst of the worst. They were rejected. They were kept out of everything. Rabbis especially despised them and saw lepers as those that were under special judgment from God, deserving no pity or mercy. Overwatch 2, mercy. Nevertheless, the lepers came to Jesus by himself. And despite all of the discouragements, see, that leper, he knew how terrible this problem was. He knew most everyone thought his condition was hopeless. He had no one who would come or take him to Jesus. He had no previous example of Jesus healing a leper to give him hope. He had no promise that Jesus would heal him. He had no invitation from Jesus or the disciples. He must have felt ashamed and alone in the crowd. And my guess, if he was amongst the crowd, it would be like watching Moses walk into the Red Sea and it's starting to part. Or he was covered from head to toe, trying to disguise the fact that he faced such a humiliating disease. But against all of the odds, against all of the discouragements, against him understanding that he had no one to help him, that no one would be there, that everyone was pointing, that maybe it might not even be possible. When he exhausted all others, other options, he heard about that, that guy, that, that, that guy from, from Bethlehem that was, that was healing. He heard that he was in town and that they'd been seeing miracles and that people had been being healed. 
So he took a chance. He took a chance predicated on Jesus's power. But there's another side to the story. And he says it right here. He says, Lord, if you are willing. See, the leopard had no doubt on the ability of Jesus to heal because he had seen person after person. He had heard story after story. His only question was if Jesus was willing to heal him. See, this was significant because leprosy was so hopeless in the ancient world that healing a leopard was compared to raising someone from the dead. Yet this leopard knew all Jesus needed was to be willing. He just needed to be willing. Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. This leopard wanted more than healing. He wanted a cleansing, not only from leprosy, but also the debilitating effects on his life and his soul. Because if you look at the, 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 the surrounding situation, the environment that that leper was living in, he had no one. He wanted a cleansing of his life. And he needed a healing touch in his body. In verse 13, Jesus touched the leopard and he was cleansed. See, reaching out his hand, Jesus touched him saying, I am willing. Be clean. And immediately, the leprosy left him. Immediately, in an instantaneous act of God's power, a man's life that was trifled, all of the weight that it bared for the past months, years, in an instant was healed. All of the struggle, all of the obstacles, immediately gone. Because Jesus was willing. Jesus didn't have to touch the leper. It said Jesus touched him saying, I am willing, and he reached out his hand. We're talking about Jesus here. Like he could have just spoke the words and it would have happened. But I find it very interesting that something that was literally a disease that was creating such space in this man's life, Jesus decided to invade into. And showing that he was not fearful of any disease on earth. He reached out his hand and showed the power of God. Not only through that healing, but as a statement to every single person in that crowd. That there is no reason to have fear. Because not only can I, but also I will. He healed the leper with a touch and it showed compassion to this man thought to be untouchable. And it teaches how the Messiah makes men clean 
instead of receiving impurities. On the other hand, he knew that the ceremonial restrictions were abolished in himself. And on one hand, he desired to teach that sin cannot defile the divine holiness of the Savior. So he showed in one touch so many things. To God be the glory. He reached out his hand. Immediate healing teaches everybody in the crowd that sin cannot affect the holiness of God. And showing them another great lesson of compassion. And when he says the words that I am willing, by both his words and his touch, Jesus, Jesus showed, Jesus, wow, Jesus showed that he was in fact willing. He showed the leper more than his power to heal. He also showed his willing and compassionate heart to heal. See, it's common for people to doubt the love of God more than his power. Because his power can be witnessed. Even today, we see the power of God all over the place. But the question often is, is I saw him do it there, but he won't do it for me. Or the statement. I know he did it for you, but I don't think he can do the same thing for me. You don't know how far gone I am. Daylight, you don't know how far gone, man. You haven't. You haven't seen the things that I've done in my life. You haven't been on my computer history. You haven't seen that time. See, see, God might have been willing to do it for you, but if I walked into the church building, it would burn down. If I entered the discord, it might break. And what I have to say to you today is very, 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 very simple. Jesus also loves you. He also loves you. And no matter where you've been, what you've done, he's still there with his outstretched hand saying, I'm willing. Nobody else in your life might have been willing. Every other place you've turned. No, you're right. They weren't willing. But you've seen that I can do it. You've seen that I can deliver you from the lifestyle you've lived in. You see that I can heal every aspect of your life. And I'm willing. So even though the question is often not asked, can he, it's will he. And there's a tension in the knowledge that he can and the faith that he will. And where you fall in that tension changes your behavior 
drastically because it changes your level of trust. It changes your level of buy-in. Trust and buy-in play an enormous factor in how we move in the world. Think about it. If I'm playing World of Warcraft and we're in a raid, and I'm not sure I can trust my healer to heal me, I'm going to play differently. A lot of times in, in, in FPS games, we say play for yourself. You play on you. And what that means is, you know, play like I'm not here. Because the situations can get sketchy. And so in the raid, it would be like, you know, I'm just going to play on myself, which means I might pop my pots, you know, on times when I shouldn't. I might pop my cooldowns that I need to save. I might position myself in bad places because I don't want to gain the aggro or I don't want to do too much DPS or I might not be able to take the area of effect. And it's the same thing in Overwatch, right? It changes the way I play. If I know I won't have that pocket mercy, I'm going to be less willing to walk towards the objective. I'm going to be less willing to play in difficult situations. I'm not going to want to take trades because I know that guy's getting healed and I'm not. It changes the way that we move. It changes our willingness. It changes our buy-in. I mean, I've been there where I've been so frustrated with a video game because, because I felt like, man, I, you're supposed to be doing this job and I'm not feeling like you are that. I don't even want to play. Like, I don't even want to be a part of this game. But we can say the same thing for life. And our inability to understand Jesus' willingness because we've been in our prayer closet, we've been praying and we haven't seen that thing happened on our own time. And so we start to walk around differently. And we start to walk around like, yeah, Jesus can, but he probably won't. And we stop initiating. We stop taking steps. We stop, we stop walking out in faith and believing God can do the things he says he can do in the Bible. We're more guarded. And when we live our life in the spectrum of understanding God's power, but not believing in his willingness, we will 100% live a life with more uncertainty, more fear, which all leads to more anxiety, which is isolating. And we start to build barriers up in our heart. And we almost create the aura of the leper. Not allowing people to invade our space. Not believing that God can do everything he said he can and will do. The lack of trusting God's willingness will become a barrier to your ability to have a full life and the life that God has designed and destined you for. In verse 14, 
Jesus commands the healed man to give testimony of his healing to the priests only. Then he ordered him to tell no one, but go and show yourself to the priest and offer what Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Jesus said, tell no one. And Jesus often does this because imagine I told my city, right? If I'm in the, I'm in the middle of New York City. And I go around and I say, well, in one month, there's going to be a million dollars in Times Square. Whoever finds it first wins. What's going to happen? It's going to, it's going to sow chaos. It's going to be literally nuts. Because everybody and their mother is going to be looking for that bag of money. And that's how prized Jesus was because of the power to deliver hope in hopeless situations. I mean, people that have had lifelong ailments are just rising and walking. People that had debilitating diseases that were leading to death were being completely transformed and healed. The dead were waking up like demons were being delivered. It is a literal anomaly in that society because it wasn't happening. He was delivering hope. He wanted to calm the excitement of the crowds until the proper time for his formal revelation to Israel, which was an exact date as prophesied in Daniel 9. See, in addition, Jesus' miracles were not primarily calculated to make him famous or a celebrity. That wasn't the point. More so, Jesus healed to meet the needs of a specific individual and to, to, to demonstrate the evident power of the Messiah in the setting of love and care for the personal needs of humble people. See, Jesus' ministry was actually fairly short while he walked the earth. We're talking about like three and a half years. So every single one of these stories, every single time something came about, every single day had to have meaning. And honestly, if we even think about it, if Jesus lived a hundred years, you know, whatever the average life expectancy is today, I have no idea. This kind of speaks to the intentionality we need to have within our life. That he needed to be intentional with each and every day because his days were short. And so are yours in the timeline of eternity. And so living with intentionality is so important to creating the success that Jesus wants to create through you. Go and show yourself to the priest. He ordered him to go show himself to one person. And this was important because Jesus commanded the man to give a testimony to the priest. And what a testimony it was, right? This priest is going to be floored. The Mosaic law commanded certain sacrifices upon the healing of a leopard. Uh, on the healing of a leper, not the leopard. Those are too fast. No, I'm just kidding. Leper. And when the man reported it to the priests, they had to perform ceremonies according to Leviticus 14. 
that were rarely, if ever, practiced. The gift was two living, clean birds, some cedar wood with scarlet and hyssop in Leviticus 14.4, which were brought, which were to be brought for his cleansing. And when clean, two he lambs, one ewe lamb, three-tenths deal of flour and one log of oil in Leviticus 14.10. But if the person was poor, then he was to bring one lamb, one-tenth deal of flour, one log of oil, and two turtle doves or young pigeons. There was an order to what needed to happen. And Jesus showed the love of God without any of that being necessary. But because of that healing, he wanted everyone to understand that this was a testimony in, uh, to God. And he went to the place of power, right? The place of human power, which was the priest in that moment, to show him the glory that God should receive. And so that that priest would have a testimony to aspire to. Going to the priest also helped to bring the former leper back into society. Jesus wanted the healing of the man's disease to have as much benefit as possible. Because remember, the, the leper didn't just care that his body was healed. He wanted a full cleansing. And it was going to take time. And what better way to start, what better place to start than the person with the most position? In verses 15 and 16, Jesus is increasing fame as a healer. But the news about him spread even more. And large crowds would come together to hear him and be healed of their sickness. Yet he often withdrew to deserted places and prayed. I hit this all the time. We're going we're gonna to hit it again today because I just think it's so important. But the report went around concerning him all the more. The news of the remarkable healing of the leper didn't stay hidden. Whoa, crazy, right? Could you imagine? <laughs> a huge miracle in a very, very communal society where people would talk every day. Like, honestly, if something like that happened here, it would probably become like fake news, right? Like, it would be spewed upon like Twitter as like fake news. But like these people all knew this man. Like they're like, no, no, that, that's that's my boy Rich. Like I, I know that man. You know what I mean? Like, like I that's like I, I've seen him every day. Like, trust me, I avoid that dude. <laughs> like I remember about him. And so of course it spread. It didn't stop Jesus, even though he know he knew the time and the place of when his name would be elevated to the Messiah. Or revealed, better yet. The news of the remarking healing of the leper became widely known. Luke doesn't specifically tell us that the leper himself was responsible for this. But Mark does. In, in Mark 1, 44-45, he told many, despite the command of Jesus, to tell no one. I don't know why Luke kept that out. But Mark, Mark, Mark throws the guy under the bus. Could you imagine trying to contain that? Especially when your desire to be accepted back into the community was so important. And you saw the willingness of your Savior willing to lay his hands upon your broken body to heal it. 
I can't imagine. I, I don't. I think I I too would have went around telling people. It's a strange fact. The one Jesus commanded to tell no one told everyone. And we, as Christians, who are told to tell everyone, tell no one. That set in when I was studying and thinking about this. Was the responsibility that we have as Christians. And oftentimes, it's those that are persecuted the most. Those that are told to not say a word are willing to speak about the goodness and greatness of God. But us that have so many freedoms and that have been charged by God go into the world and preach the good news. We do nothing with it. We sit on it. And we say nothing. I was having a beautiful conversation with about eight young men the other day. And this came up. It came to this idea of one of them asked, like, who wasn't a believer, he didn't believe in Jesus. He said, I just don't understand, you know, why, I don't know why you feel so comfortable telling us about God. And he's like, you know, other people I know are always weird about it or, you know, they always have like this, this awkward like conversation. And I said, you know, man, like, I'm no one special in any way, shape or form. But I, I have something so important to tell you. I have something that could heal everything. I understand that God is not only able, but he's willing. And if I don't tell you, like, I'm holding back a gift that God wants to freely give you. I'm truly being the Grinch. If I'm withholding the, the, the presence, right? If I'm, if I'm not willing to give you the goodness that God has given me. What am I doing? It'd be the same thing. Like if you're in one of these games, like, like you're, you're in a raid and the, the healer just gets mad at you and he's just, he's unwilling to, to heal you anymore. And so, you know, you, 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 you die over and over again. Like if I just stood by and did nothing. You know, there's a corny saying, but it's like, it has, it has wherewithal is like, the saying that evil prevails when good men do nothing. But evil prevails when we're not willing to do anything. Because it's not that we can't. It's that we just often don't. And like Jesus in this story, weren't unwilling.
And I think he he shows how you become willing right in this, the scripture verses. Right in these, you know, these, these four or five scripture verses. Great multitudes came to hear and be healed by him. And Jesus had a great following as a healer. As we skip down, the answer's right here. It says, so he himself often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. His willingness came from the fuel he got from being in a close relationship with God the Father. If you want to become more willing to share your faith, if you want it to become second nature, then it has to be practiced. And the only time and place where it can be practiced is in through your prayer life. It's through picking up your Bible and reading it. Jesus did this himself, the son of God, right? Like, like God himself would move himself away from the crowds in places where there were no distractions to be able to get alone with God. Barclay said it like this. He said the love in the eyes of God compensated him for the hate in the eyes of men. I think we often don't share our faith. We don't tell people about the, the gift that we've received because we're scared. Because we've seen people walk down a path and they, they, they might have shared their faith and we've heard the negative stories. We heard, you know, the hate spewed on uh, by Hollywood or on social media about God. And so we feel like, man, if we say something, maybe it'll, it'll cause chaos. It'll, it'll be difficult. It'll be a, a, a story or a, a conversation full of conflict. And that comes from fear, from not being fueled by God. And I've said this before, but if you've spent all morning with the King of Kings, with the creator of the universe. You can talk to anybody because you've already talked to the person that matters the most, the most powerful. And he's given you the go ahead. You know, your father has literally given you approval. But the longer we stay away from him, the longer we back away from his presence, we, we forget. It becomes dull. It's just a memory rather than your present situation, your, your, your present truth. We need to separate ourselves and pray in order so God can use us in order for us to understand that it's not just that he can, but that he's willing to. God is willing. 
if you're willing to let him. You might be here and, and watching this, this live, or you might be watching this YouTube video, like you might be watching this clip and have always struggled with this idea of like, maybe there is a God and maybe he can, but I don't think he's willing. You know, I just want to be a, 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 a voice of truth today for you. That he is willing. And then if you're searching for that, that puzzle piece that feels like it's been missing from you, that Jesus is here. He would love to have a relationship with you. That he is willing to heal every part of you. Whether that be the emotional damage you've taken, maybe that it's the memories you have, maybe it's the sin you're, you're engaging with right even today. There is freedom in his presence. And he's extended it to you. If you take anything from today, know that God can and he is so, so willing. He wants to open the door. It's up to you to knock. It's up to you to be like the leper and take a step of faith. Jesus is the restorer. He can restore the relationship that has divided you from him. And you can step back into that relationship today. I may not have invited you here today, but you're here for a reason. And I want to extend that invitation to keep coming. Come back and continue to hear what God has for you. And allow God to restore your heart that feels so broken. Would you pray with me today? Jesus, you see each and every person behind their username. You see each and every person behind their screen. And Lord, you have the ability to reach them where they are. Lord, not only can you, but you say you're willing. So Lord, I pray for healing over each and every person that yearns for it today. I pray, Lord, that you would invade every willing heart. That Jesus, you would move Lord, that you would draw those that are far from you. They would come near. Father, that you would draw those that have been running from you. And their realities would be shaken today. 
Jesus, we need you. So Father, would you move in a powerful way? Help us to become more like you, God. Help us to see you more clearly. We love you and we praise you. And we give you all the honor and glory. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen and amen and amen. You can spam some amens hype in the chat for God. And remember, as you walk out of this place today, as you leave your computer chair or you get out of your bed or you walk off of your couch, that God wants to have time with you. Don't forsake it. Every moment matters. It's really what are you going to do with yours? So if no one's told you they love you today, I and everyone here at God Squad Church, we love you with our whole hearts. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye, guys. Hi, thank you so much, Pastor Daylight, for that amazing message. I want to say if you guys chose to follow Jesus today, or if you want to rededicate your life, go ahead, let us know whether that's in a chat, in a message, um, if you're watching the YouTube video, in the YouTube comments, um, get connected in our Discord, anything. We want to know and celebrate with you the best decision you could ever make in your life, which is to follow Jesus, our God and our King. So we want to say awesome job awesome awesome for those who have decided to make that decision um i'm looking in the chat right now see if anyone has said anything <clears throat> it doesn't look like it but that, that hey that's cool you can think about it give us some time and of course we also love all of our brothers and sisters who are here with us right now um and yeah what an awesome challenge from daylight on uh sharing our faith and i always remember there's a famous comedian who actually said, if you're a Christian, how much do you have to hate someone to not tell them about your faith? Because you think that they're gonna go to hell, basically, if you don't say something. And it was crazy that this non-believer got it. And he's like, you have to tell people. And it's it's so true. Um, and it is, it's practice, right? I know the more I try to tell people about Jesus, the more comfortable I feel. But if I never tell anyone, and then all of a sudden I try to tell someone, it does feel super awkward and strange. So it definitely takes practice. Um, I also highly recommend this book. It's called Tactics. It's amazing. It's all about how to defend the faith and how good discussions are and how to feel confident in that awkwardness space. So yeah, that's my two cents, but um, Thank you so much, Daylight, for that, for challenging us and for growing us um, to be more courageous. Um, also, if you guys did rededicate your life, if you just accepted Jesus, if you've never been baptized before, we have baptisms here at God Squad Church. Um, we have a class that you go to first, and then you can do actual baptisms on stream, which is pretty sweet. So our classes are always the second Saturday of the month and our baptisms are the fourth Saturday. So if you would like to get baptized, just exclamation point baptism in the chat and you'll get a link and you can sign up.
Also, if you're new here, if you just popped in throughout the service, we want to say welcome. We have a connect form you can fill out. So go ahead, exclamation point connect in the chat. You can get a link that will have a form. Feel free to fill out as much information as you are comfortable with so that we can reach out to you, tell you a little bit about the church and get you plugged into our community because we are so much more than just a service here on Twitch. We have streams throughout the whole week. We have a discord, um, many, many different things to get plugged into and we would love to have you be a part um and then we also have a time where we do giving and offering so god calls us to give him everything and one of those things is to give with our finances and we as a church can only do this because of what you guys give so first i want to say thank you so much if you are giving to make this possible to make this happen where we can reach gamers for jesus thank you so much and then if you would love to give there are a couple of safe and secure ways that you can do that you can put exclamation point give in the chat to do that you can um head below in the twitch panel um there should be a link there you can also if you live in the united states text any amount to the number eight four three two one with your phone you can go to our website godsquadchurch.com so many different options and yeah we just thank you so much for anything that you give because it, it's because of your faithfulness and generosity that we continue to make a difference so thank you thank you thank you so much <laughs>